This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 290, recorded on December 29th, and the last time I'll say 2016. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios in a beautiful Bellevue, Bellevue, Nebraska, nearly 50 degrees today. And uh, Mike, holy moly, I know you're on the road a lot these days, but welcome welcome to like California. Here yeah, in, right? No uh, kidding. It's been fantastic. And I'm still on the road. I'm down in Kansas City visiting my parents so i just can't get away from traveling i'm always traveling no you you are you know, five degrees warmer down there in kansas city than it is here five to ten degrees usually down yes it is city, but well, i'm glad you can make it tonight of course we post the show with world-class show notes each week out at the average guy tv don't forget you can listen to the show live on our mobile app sponsored by LastPass. head out to home gadgetgeeks.com. If you listen to the pre-show uh facebook live i tried to create a new live page for us called home gadgetgeeks.tv slash live or something. I don't know where my brain, maybe it was too much. Maybe it was too much of this tonight. And so <laughs> Some uh, of the best ideas flow, but that's yes, I, I guess you're right. So head out to home gadgetgeeks.com. Big, big buttons there for you for Android and iPhone. If you want to download that, hopefully uh, most of you've gotten subscribed to it now. A couple thousand of you have, we appreciate that. And don't forget, you can use the Patreon link to financially support us. The link is right there on the front page at theaverageguy.tv, or you can head out to theaverageguy.tv slash support. We have one in $5 plans. I've been looking for something creative to do for you guys that like we could like I could buy and then you could support through Patreon. We did stickers and that's kind of come and gone. But uh, if you can think of anything that you'd support uh, through Patreon and we can do that, I'd love to have you send that to me. Send it to Jim at theaverageguy.tv if you got some ideas and we'll, we'll go from there. Well, we are back for the last show of 2016. Mike Weger is finally back on the show. Mike, welcome back. Thanks. It's been yeah, it's been a long time. I didn't realize how long it had been. And I told Hannah, I was like, "Hey, I got a podcast night with Jim." And she goes, "I didn't know you were still doing that." <laughs> I said, "I don't oh, think no. he knows I'm still doing it either." I know oh, I've been so no. out of the routine. Yeah. Well, and and work is that way for you. Give us yeah. a little update. What are you doing? Where are you going? Where have you been? That kind of stuff. It's been a lot of fun. It's so the way my job is set up, I'm I leave on Mondays and I come back on Thursdays. So I've been in uh, Washington D.C. and New Jersey heading out to Michigan here a little bit and back to New Jersey and all over the place. But the East Coast has been kind of my my area right now, but it's been a lot of fun. So, but yeah, the flying back on Thursday nights doesn't really work with the podcast because I don't usually get until 11. So that's yes. the conflict there. But it's uh, overall been going great and had an awesome Christmas with a family, took a lot of time off. And uh, how, how about you? Good Good Christmas holiday? Yeah, I think so. This is, I was home for it. All the kids came over. We had kind of the oh, Christmas nice. of the Collisons, you know, how, how that right. goes. So nine, not, you know, nine, including family members and such here. So it was good. I, I'm not going to lie. I was ready to go back to work on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. It was one of those kinds of things. I had a busy week and I had some stuff planned ahead. So uh, worked Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm going to take Friday. I think tomorrow morning I'm going to start doing some renovations I got a good 40 weekend and it's, I got a bathroom that needs to be replaced. So I I'm thought you were make... moving. You can't do renovations when you're No, moving. no, no, no. This bathroom <laughs> cannot be sold this way. <laughs> it needs to happen, huh? Yes. It needs to right. stop functioning right and it's going to need some new parts. So I think tomorrow morning we'll get started on some, some home renovations. Hey, uh, yeah, Sarah's in the room and she just looked at me and said, yikes. So 
it's gonna get, to get done well, yeah i've had a few of those too because our office shuts down for two weeks and so we have like some definite projects before i go back next tuesday that need to get done yeah Hey, well, what about tech? Um, what about tech when you're on? You know, you've been on the road. Have you picked up any new tech items that have been really helpful uh, to your travels that you've discovered over maybe the last twelve weeks of traveling? Well, you know, not really discovered. It was actually on this show not too long ago, and I probably I might have mentioned this too in the past. But they make those travel routers. So a brand called Hootoo, H O O T O O, makes a fantastic travel router. So when you think of taking the hotel Wi-Fi in and then spitting it back out as a private network, uh, good for multiple reasons. But if you're, for some reason, if your hotel charges uh, per device or, or if you want to stream from your phone to, say, your Chromecast, you can have your own little private network. So little things like that have been a huge uh, blessing when traveling to be able to watch on your whatever Netflix or shows you have on your personal device and streaming them to the TV. Um, but as far as this does bring up one of my favorite tech gadgets that I didn't expect it to be for 2016 was actually the Amazon Fire Stick. Not the TV, but the little stick. I didn't have too high of expectations for it. I think it's a 30 or $40 device. But talk about a super powerful little streaming device. It does absolutely everything. You have Plex on there for when you're at home and you have all your Plex movies, all the apps you could want, um, plus the whole access to the Amazon library to rent or buy movies from. And then the Universal Search, they updated it actually in late 2016 so that when you search something through the voice, it'll search all the apps, not just Amazon. It used to just say, okay, here it is on Amazon, you can buy it. But if it's available on Netflix or Hulu or any other service you have, it'll find it there as well. So one of my favorite little gadgets that I picked up was definitely that Amazon Fire Stick. But the combination of those two things together, a little travel router and whatever streaming device you have really makes traveling a lot easier uh, at night when you're just wanting to watch something before you go to bed. So those two were my favorite travel tech items that I found. Which version of the the Hutu router do you have? You have the, like the, 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 the cube? Yep, it's a long rectangular cube with the red ring on top. I think it's the um, Travel Mate. Is that the name of it? I think something like that. So, yep, tr no, Trip Mate. Or Trip Mate, yeah, Trip Mate. mate and it's also a battery. So it, that whole little cube, the majority of it is a battery pack that charges up and it's got a USB. And the biggest feature on that one, and I know we had kind of had a conversation about this on Facebook with some of the listeners, but with this one, you don't have to run a hard wire into it. It'll take in Wi-Fi and spit it back out. So it just sits there. It'll pull in the Wi-Fi from the hotel and then spit out another Wi-Fi network uh, for your private network, which is really, really convenient, especially because a lot of the hotels lately have been discontinuing their hardwire in the room. They're taking them away. So you don't usually have a hardwire access, uh, but makes it really easy. Does it have an Ethernet port in it? Could you hardwire it if you wanted it to? It does. Yep. It yeah. has an Ethernet port, uh, a USB port, which you can plug storage into. So what this is intended for is, you know, kind of what you had, I think, earlier this year where so, you plug it yeah those so little this one this one of these sitting right here, yeah, right? you plug a, you plug a little flash drive into it all your kids in the car they can all access it and watch movies from that device so that's kind of the intention of it uh which i'm sure would be actually a pretty cool feature but i mainly use it for the travel routing capability does it have a hard drive in it no, it does not. Okay. It has just uh, just enough storage for the firmware. And actually, when you upgrade the firmware, you have to plug in a flash drive so it can download it there and then transfer it over. Yeah, not they do have else. a version that's pretty cool. It's a little flatter one that's got the plug that pops out in it. And it's got a 6,000 milliamp battery and some hard disk storage in it. Let's see how much storage it's got. 
but it's got all those things plus some internal storage, which is like this one, like a little, I think this has got 500 gigs. So enough for a couple movies that you could take with you into some different streaming or take your pictures and put it on here. You know, if you want to take them off your phone or whatever. So yeah, those, and they're cheap. That thing's 30 bucks. Super cheap. You yeah. pair that up with an Amazon Fire Stick for $60. You have all of your entertainment in your room. Now, I will admit that I actually have been traveling with my full Xbox One uh, when I travel. I put it in my suitcase and I'll take it out there and so I will, so I can play some games while I'm there, which actually works pretty well. It would be a lot easier with the new S with not the big power bank and a little bit smaller. But I've been traveling with that around too. But then all the other travel tech really... I mean, your phone is just so powerful nowadays. When you talk about the, you know, if you're traveling at all, get the airline app because you have your boarding passes, all of that on the app. You've got Uber and Lyft and even my hotel has an app where it tells me my room number before I even show up. It'll just say, hey, this is what room you're going to be going to. And you can actually skip check-in uh, if it has the key capability. It's kind of cool. All, all sorts of stuff you can do with your phone now for travel. Makes it super yeah. easy. Yeah, no, for sure. It just needs to work. Right, it's one of those yeah, things. Yeah, just need to work. Your exactly. phone's not working right. Uh, it's really frustrating when you're on the road. Yep. Um, I'll be spending a bunch of time January, February, March traveling this year as we get um, back out to DC a bunch. And yeah, it's super important to have all that stuff working, and you want to kind of light and easy and easy yeah. setup. And and Mike, I'm I'm different. Like I don't I can just watch the regular TV when I'm on the road. Okay. So that media stuff or taking movies with me, not as important, but man, connectivity is super important to me. So right. I need to get in. I'm just not a huge consumer of media. When I'm in the hotel room, I just you know recently traveled. And when I got there this last time, I, I worked till midnight and watched Monday night football. You know, it was a Monday right. night, watched Monday night football, but it worked most of the time. And so for me, like I've never used the hard drive on this thing ever. And, right. and I just, it's just not for me. Now, but many, for many of you, you know, you take your movie collections or whatever, and especially with the kids, this is the thing. My kids yeah. long ago, I mean, they didn't grow up in that sharing generation. They, you know, they all had their own stuff or whatever. But um, my, you know, my kids have found other ways, and they're just addicted to their phones at this point. Right. The older ones. So. Well, and if you if you don't have Plex, I could see that being a big capability. I could see myself throwing movies onto there, but I have Plex, so before I leave, or even if I forget to leave, I can stream it from my home Plex server. So all my movies, I don't need to download them because they're already fully accessible. Yeah. So I'll download the ones I want for the plane, and then all the rest of them I'll just stream from the hotel. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. I mean, traveling is so much easier than it used to be. And uh, just this last <laughs> I trip- I asked that question. How did you travel? I'll ask you. How did you travel before Uber and Lyft? Like getting a taxi just seems right, but it's just so difficult nowadays and and expensive. But I'm just thinking all the times I go from my client back to the hotel, calling a cab and it's just so much easier nowadays to travel. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I was traveling on a Monday morning and my flight got canceled because of weather in Chicago and I got an alert on my phone at midnight on Saturday night. So this is a full 24 hours, maybe 30 hours before they canceled. And I thought, well, I got plenty of time. I'll deal with it in the morning. I signed into the American Airlines app the next morning. They had already rescheduled me. And it was all set and scheduled. They had rerouted me through Dallas. And uh, so I went Dallas. It added two hours onto the trip. But boom, I was done. It was just like, mm, okay. Yeah. And I think part of that's a little travel and transport. We use a Gallup. So that's helpful. Right? Well, we, have, but we have some folks looking out for us. In that regard, here's what I mean. Pro tip for anyone that uses Delta. 
as soon as they announce, if you're sitting on the tarmac or something and they announce they're going to have to pull you off for maintenance or weather or whatever, there's always that line of like 500 people that lines up outside to talk to the travel agent. If you open the Delta app, the Delta app actually, as soon as you open it after they've announced the delay, it automatically pops up and says, looks like you're delayed. Do you want to book an alternative trip? And you pick which one you want, confirm it, and you are done in seconds and you didn't have to wait in line. I see everyone waiting in line. And I literally, this last time it happened in Omaha, I walked down the line and individually told people to check the Delta app and they can do it all from the app. I'm like, some representative needs to be doing this or I need to be paid from Delta. Cause I was like, guys, here, just look, open the app. Look how easy this was. I just selected the one I want and, 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 it, and it's no cost free and everything like yeah. that. So it was, well, it's, it's funny. funny. I, I take myself like my new job when I travel is just like to help everyone else out when they're struggling with those sort of simple things. And you would think like that would be a huge benefit that everybody would know to do. I mean, have you watched pro travelers? I mean, they have every single edge figured out. Like right. they've got, especially everybody except Southwest, you know, they've got their upgrade stuff identified, yep. lined up, got all that figured out. But, but rebooking travel doesn't seem to be one of those things that everybody's figured out yet once things go south on well, you. Beyond that, I'm surprised that the airline doesn't promote it more. Like, why is there not someone saying, like, hey, guys, instead of everyone being super angry that it's taking an hour to get through the line, if you open up your app, if you get the app, you can open it and we can do this all for you on your app. I'm surprised because that's what makes people super angry. They're already delayed. Then they hop off and have to wait in a line for an hour just to rebook. Right. And so I think they could save a lot of time, effort, and anger if they just told people. Well, good good tip to check the, if you're going to get delayed, check the app first. Right. Um, oh, totally. Most of those apps have some pretty good functionality built in. And into. all the seats change even up to like a like an hour before the flight. And in the Delta app, you can actually go in and select your seat. And if one opens up like way up in the front of the plane, you can grab it. And I'm, so all those little things, I'm checking every like hour of the day of my flight to see if I can get my seat upgraded. If they didn't upgrade me, then I can just That's move That's a up. good tip. Man, that is yeah. a good tip. I need to do that more often. I get kind of lazy. You know, I pick my seat, 16C. Yeah. And I just, I just take it. But you're right. The airlines, especially American and Delta and United, they are constantly shifting those seats around. So they keep constantly open and then they try to charge for some of them. And then yep. if they can't fill those at the very last minute, they become available in a non-charge status. Right. Um, if the plane's too full and some other things. And so and yeah, even I'm, if it's just main cabin to main cabin, right? Even if you're in the main cabin, you just want to move up to the front of the plane or switch to a window and you can switch it. I've switched one of my flights. I just kept switching it. I changed my seat probably like 17 times from the time I booked till r the minute I walked on that plane, I had just changed my seat. So those apps, I think Delta has the best app out there. You can do absolutely everything from the app uh, and never have to worry about talking to an agent or getting a printed boarding pass or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I'm still, I still print the boarding pass by the way to go through. For me, I like to go through security with a printed one. Now I don't use it to get on the plane, but it, I don't like fumbling with my phone and you know, they make <laughs> you set it down and all that. I hate that. Right. Yeah. So I print a paper copy, put my license with it, go through security with paper. And then as soon as I'm done, I'm just tear it up and throw it away. And I use my phone to get on the plane. Um, yeah, that's one thing they haven't thought through yet. You need your phone boarding pass at the very beginning of security. But then you got to put it in your bag and to send it through. Uh, even with pre-check, I tried pre-check having my phone and they still don't let you keep your phone on. You can keep your watches on and belt and shoes with pre-check, but you still have to put your phone they, back They want bag. everything out of your pockets. So yeah. it's I, I just don't like it. So that's just something I've got in the habit of is I just print for, for security. I just print a boarding pass and then right. work our way through. Well, 
Good, uh, good suggestions. Good travel suggestions. Quasi says you need to do a travel podcast. Well, yeah, I've Quazy, considered it. <laughs> we'll do those oh. once a quarter here with Mike as we get. Yeah, in. there we go. I don't, I don't need another podcast. I can't even do the ones that I'm signed up to do right now. So. Are you? Is Student Scrubs done? Are you ever going to come back to it? Yeah, I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll come back. We really liked the vlogging, uh, but we just finding time to get good footage from the vlog. That's not boring of me getting on a plane every Monday and coming back every Thursday. Uh, so we haven't done a vlog in I think a month, but we like. Like the vlogging style and so do our family seeing Emmett especially now uh, we kind of talk to people and they're like no stick with the video that way we can see your baby I was like all right yeah. so and you just that. post those to Facebook or uh, to YouTube yeah YouTube but I mean as far as for most people that you share them through through Facebook through Facebook that's how they'll find okay. them yeah Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it's good. Good to have you back. Thanks for, uh, even though you're traveling down in Kansas City uh, today, the, the, you remembered your microphone. Super cute. I remembered it. Didn't remember a headset. I had to go grab this from my sister last second, but no, I remembered not, the microphone. Oh, you have. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So uh, some of the things we want to do tonight, and we got a whole travel section in there we had intended to do. Sometimes that's just the way it works out. But um, talk a little bit about some tech from 2016. And I think there's been some interesting things. Some things we've talked about. We won't dwell on any of these for any uh, for any length of time, but we will talk a little bit about them. We have been talking a lot about digital assistants when we think about Amazon Echo and we think about the, uh, the Google Now or Google Home. Uh, is what they're using now. Uh, some Microsoft has hinted at uh, Cortana in a box. Mm -hmm. um, we may so we may see some kind of Siri in a box. Think about a Siri, uh, a Sonos branded Siri box that has voice control on it, right? Some of those kinds of things. Mike, um, have you, uh, from a digital assistant standpoint, I can't remember. You're using you're using the uh, the Amazon product, right? At this point, yeah, well, this is actually a really interesting question because literally as the show is starting, my friend texted me and said, hey, my dad's considering which one do you think is better, the Amazon Echo or the Google Home? And I kind of didn't really know how to respond to him because, yeah, you're right. I have been Amazon Echo all the way. We have one Echo and one Dot uh, for the nursery. And it's been fantastic for everything we do at home. And for the way our house is set up, those two do a pretty good job of covering all the area. And but... On a side note to that, ever since HomeKit came out and I've been able to, I use Alexa or I can use Siri. All my devices, my Philips Hue lights and everything are both HomeKit compatible. So wherever I'm at, if for some reason I'm in the basement where Alexa can't pick me up or if I'm in our bedroom, if I need to whisper, I'll just activate Siri and do it through HomeKit. So it's part of an assistant standpoint. At home, it's Alexa. Uh, but Siri, more and more with HomeKit, is getting a little bit more powerful. But I also, I need to talk to someone who has the Google Home because I keep seeing mixed reviews on getting it working, getting it set up. But when you think about features, it's a little bit more feature-rich because it obviously has access to Google. So questions, uh, things you could ask Siri that you can't ask Alexa. Lots of information, obviously been too busy, but John Larson was on the podcast last week and he and I spent first half, he has Google Home. So we spend oh, the first well, there half we go. Of the episode. There you go. I made it. It's like I made it for you, Mike. I was plugging the episode without even knowing it. I made it for you. So you now can you go back and listen to it. Nice. And we kind of compare the two. So we won't spend a lot of time on this uh, tonight because we spent a lot of time last week on it. Uh, and a lot of users, a lot of listeners out there are kind of aware of those. But certainly 2016 is a year where this just exploded. And uh, Completely. this this uh, last week, a whole bunch of new um, new skills came out for the Echo in, or for the, for the Amazon device. I have to call it the Amazon device because we, we send them off every time we 
we do that when people are listening, you know, to it out loud. But it's um, like thunderstorms. So we were talking about that uh, in pre-show. You There's a thunderstorm uh, skill now, and you can just get it started. It'll play a thunderstorm sound for you. And, I mean, I'm going to listen to that on bed when I go to bed tonight. I can't wait. Made me sleepy for, before the podcast. So lots and of- I can't decide on on that little thing. Just one quick thing. is I yeah. – I, because they're all taking kind of different avenues of how they're going about it, which is very cool. And I think 2017 will be even better. I'm not sure if I, if the way Amazon does it with skills and the fact that you have to enable the skill to use it is something I like. It's just one extra step that sometimes I don't think about and go and activate. I'd kind of just like to learn about something it can do and just be able to say it and have it do it right away. But maybe it's nice. Maybe it kind of limits the amount of confusion that your Amazon product will have. If you if they naturally enable them all, that might not work. Yeah, and you know it's hard keeping up. That's the you know, hard. that's think, my hardest thing. Um, we got to get better with natural language, and I actually think this is where the Google Home product will do better in the long run. Now, right. uh, Amazon will fix their skills gap, so to speak, when because with the skills you have to be very specific to what you say. Exactly. To them. And, you know, as an example, I can't just tell my Echo to play thunderstorm sounds. That doesn't work. I have to say a very specific, uh, you know, hey, device, open thunderstorm sounds. Well, right. would you, you know, I really just want to say play thunderstorms and it plays, right. right? That's what I want. But it's so there's still I think that's a barrier, Mike, uh, when we think of those Amazon devices. Now, can Google do that? I think it's limited in some areas, but. This is one of those things. We're on the early, we're in the very early stages of it. It will only get better. So, yep, pretty exactly. exciting stuff uh, when we think about what's coming forward. This was also a year in 2016 where we got Facebook Live, and not that any of those live things. You know, we've been doing. We did UStream four years ago. We've been doing Google Hangouts for three years. But Mike, Google Live, uh, what I have noticed has really taken live to the average guy. Um, you mean Facebook Live? I mean, sorry, Facebook Live. Yes, thank you. Facebook Live has taken live to the average guy. I'm seeing more and more of my friends now. Hey, Joe so-and-so is doing a Facebook Live. Never in the world have I ever seen them do anything live ever. Like, right. they're not, you know, it's not me. I mean, I've been live for seven years, right, type, type deal. Never have seen that. Are you seeing that same thing in your feed or are you seeing your friends who you never expect to be live going live on Facebook? Uh, completely. Oh, it's it's all people that, and what's weird, and this is how I know Facebook is promoting Facebook live in the feed is because it's from people that I don't even usually see their posts. Like it's people like, I didn't even know we were friends to be honest and I'm seeing you're on Facebook live, but you're totally right. It is the live for the average guy. But the whole concept of it is is kind of interesting because I mean, live, like you said, it's been around for a while. And we just had Blab. We had Periscope and Meerkat and all those in 2016. But it took the big dog Facebook coming in before really the average guy was interested in it. Periscope and Meerkat, they had their time. Um, didn't really last too long. Facebook Live has, has been sticking around longer than I thought it would. Yeah. I'm going to talk about it. We, I mentioned this in pre-show. We're going to talk a bunch about this Saturday morning. This Saturday morning coming up, Ask the Podcast Coach. Uh, dot com slash live live page. I do a live um, podcast every Saturday morning with Dave Jackson. And I actually think this is going to hurt the podcasting community in the short term. In the long term, I think it'll be great. But since everybody's doing this, Mike, it's there. I'm hearing of and I'm doing it myself. I'm ignoring them 
Cause yeah. it's like, I, I can't, I just can't, I can't listen to another live person or uh, oh, what are they doing? Like, you know, okay. What are they doing now? And, right. um, and I think it's really cheap in the live experience. It used to be kind of, you had to know something and at least have a little bit of savvy in what you're doing, but literally now it's two clicks and you're live. And it's I just, just like think, recording a normal video. Yeah, yeah. It cheapens the live experience. You know, that's, that's my, yeah, thought. it does. It doesn't, it, you know, it, it's just so hard when you come at it from our perspective of podcasters doing a very professional, polished, the professional is a very lax term, but a, of a, a polished show that's planned out, that's weekly. And, and sometimes we think of live as that's really what live is when to the average guy, maybe they do want to just see their uncle Bob eating a sandwich. You know, maybe that's interesting to them. I don't know, but I think you're right where that's going to fall out if that's all that's there. Yeah. We had the same exact conversation with Blab. Right. We talked about it. It was the difference between the podcasters and the people who were just on there to hang out and chat. So I guess we'll see if Facebook has any more pull because of the amount of numbers. It might be a little bit different. People don't have to go to a different app. They don't have to go to a different website. We're all already on Facebook quite a bit. So maybe yeah. that'll change things. I think weddings, birthdays, special events. This is where Facebook Live really will do well when you right. can't be there right? When grandma needs to see it and yes. she can't, when right. you need to broadcast something to the family that can't be seen. And especially with our devices, being able to switch cameras, it's not always about, you know, turning this thing face to you. Oftentimes it's about turning that camera outwards and, and right. just broadcasting what's currently going on. Yes. That I think is the gold, right? In, in Facebook Live. I'd love to see more of those. NBC, no, ABC News has gotten good at this. And today they were live at, um, um, they were live at Debbie Reynolds star on the walk of fame there. Uh, and of course, Carrie Fisher has passed away and it's been a tragic two days for that family, but they were live from, from her star. And that I think is great. I mean, it's news in the moment. It's not overproduced. It doesn't need right. to be, Hey, we're here right now. And this is happening. This is news. So I like that aspect of it. Well, and that's something too. I think these news outlets are starting to pay a little more attention to, Hey, like you just said, it, the raw natural news and how do we get it out? CNN just acquired, I don't know if anyone has heard of Casey Neistat, but Casey is a huge YouTube star, got into vlogging, extremely popular. He also has his own tech company called Beam. And the Beam app started out with, this is how you share video. You hold your phone up to your chest. And as soon as you block the proximity sensor, it's recording. And that's and then as soon as you pull it away, it automatically uploads it. No editing. You're not looking at the screen when you're doing it. People are just seeing it live from your perspective. Very interesting concept. Obviously, it didn't catch on enough to take on the Snapchats, the Instagrams, and anything like that. But CNN just purchased it for $25 million, not necessarily to steal the app, but I think they loved that idea of raw, unedited news. And to have a big organization like CNN pay attention to a small company like that, and they kept the entire team together to kind of create something within CNN and keep going with it. I think this whole area of news is changing with Facebook Live and all these different apps and how we like to get our news. So I think we'll see a big change. I think if we want to look forward, maybe we'll save this conversation, but I'll look forward to 2017 is a change in the way all those platforms run. Yeah. Well, I think we get really good on the spot news delivery that way. And so for that aspect, it's right. dynamite. Like stuff, 
I'm here. I got my phone. That's all I've got. And I'm going to start recording this. The line will get blurred. You know, this is going to get inappropriate. So, you know, you know, that's coming, right? And if it hasn't happened already. So, you know, when somebody, um, you know, when someone's doing the business and they start recording it and then posting it to Facebook live, you know, that's coming. But for now, a lot of the stuff that we have going on, pretty cool. Um, I'm more interested in event driven live events than I, or, produced like podcasts or stuff like that. Although I haven't listened to one single podcast on live yet. It's not like I've gone out there to listen to anybody. That's just not the way I consume it, right? I'm a recorded no, exactly. guy. I listen to them in the car. So um, just a different way of looking at it. So I, I think though 2016 was a year live came to the average guy. So speaking of that, I think 2016 was the day that live uh, Tesla <laughs> vehicles actually came to the average guy too, right? So back in March, uh, Tesla announced plans for its third model car and it began accepting orders for the vehicle, the car uh, called the Model 3, uh, which is still yet to ship. We will see shipments, right? That, the shipments start, I think, 2017. Yeah. So that next year, the model at a starting price, 35,000. Mike, that's, that's an average guy mobile. We have not talked about that a lot here. That's just not a the Tesla has not been a thing that has shown up, but it is awesome tech. And all of a sudden, I mean, 35, like I, I paid close to that for, for my, my wife's, um, you know, Subaru Outback that we just purchased. Oh yeah. It's so, amazing tech that has a bigger, you know, impact than we can even imagine on, you know, just using electricity instead of fuel. And everyone's biggest excuse was, Hey, it's, it's too expensive. Only the you know only the people who are wealthy enough to afford it can can make that choice. And now you can have a fully electric car and all the features, and it's actually a pretty sweet looking car. I was actually looking at it. Hannah and I are in the market for a new car for 2017. I was like, yeah, it's something to consider. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Unless you do road trips like we do, it's just not an option. <laughs> well, 350k is about what you get from a distance standpoint, and of course that degrades as it the right. batteries get older. The, the that distance degrades. 350 is not here in the United States, especially in the Midwest, is not, and we don't have charging stations. You know, you would need. That's, that's the key right there. Charging stations need to come to the Midwest. Yeah. You know, you could, you could, I bet you could go Kansas City to Omaha to Kansas City on a single, but then you'd have to find a charging station or right. that thing in somewhere. But 350 kilometers before you need a charge, nearly 400,000 people have already ordered that car. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, um, they all gave Tesla a one thousand dollar deposit without even seeing or driving the car. Think how powerful that is. Think about how how solid branding that is. That that you just turn over a thousand dollars and hope to get that. I mean, think about a Kickstarter concept that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, has that kind of draw. And, and that's with already that everyone knows the Teslas are buggy. They're not, you know, Marcus Brownlee, one of the big YouTube uh, tech guys, is reviewing one of the Teslas. He Well, he does not review it. He bought it with his own money, and he paid a premium price for it, and he says he feels like he's beta testing a car. He said it's very interesting. He goes, there's just a lot of bugs and quirks, and he's like, I don't really know for $60,000 if I should be beta testing something. I feel like it's not a finished product, but people are obviously still very you know, forward thinking with Tesla enough that like you just said, they're throwing a thousand dollars down for something they haven't seen yet. Yeah. Crazy says he watched a popular YouTuber who has a Tesla and he had two separate issues with the power steering for the most expensive model. 
So yep, that's who I was just, that, that's what that you're referring to. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm referring to. So, yeah, he had two problems. He took it in, then it came right back up again a few months later. <laughs> well, you are. I mean, this is, you know, vehicles like when you drive a Ford. I mean, that's a company that's making been making cars for almost a hundred years now. That was exactly <laughs> his point. He goes, "This isn't Ford. This isn't something that's had been tried and true for years." And, and well, even so, those cars have trouble and they've been yeah. around for a long time. You know, let, let's, let, I was going to say, let's be careful because both right. all the American companies, all of them to be, that had major recalls that where they pulled this stuff back. I mean, a car's a complicated thing. And so yeah. it, it, especially now that we added all the electronics. To it. <laughs> I know uh, auto, you know, autopilot. Yeah. Uh, my wife's car has what they call eyesight which are two cameras that sit up top uh, in, they come out the very top of the, of the windshield and they check things like, are you going over the line? Are you getting too close to the person in front of you? You know, when you're backing up, of course, this isn't new backup sensors, but um, you know, I've, it's got some, the other day I was pulling out of the, out of my garage and I was getting a little hasty and not paying attention. And the thing beeped at me and I immediately hit the brakes and, Sure enough, there was a car flying down the street that I, that, you know, was a ways down the street. Then it was like, Hey, you're going to get run into. And so, right. um, you know, it's awesome. That's awesome technology that we have. Uh, I, I can't wait till we get some convoy technology where I can negotiate my way. I'm on the interstate and I can plug in where I'm going and it pairs me up with other vehicles to make a slipstream convoy that we're all pretty close to each other. I mean, imagine if you could get in a convoy that was computer controlled and run across I-80 at 85 or 90 miles an hour, you get some pretty good gas mileage. Yeah, you know? definitely. And if it's oh, computer yeah. controlled, you don't have to worry about braking and, you know, some of those types of things as well. So it's, um, it, there's some great stuff coming with cars, but are we going to call it battery mileage with a battery? Like, do you get better battery mileage if it's going to be an electric car? Is that a, is that a yeah. phrase yet? Okay. Kilowatt. Ki yeah. Yeah, wattage, right? And yeah, yeah. You get better, better wattage if you get in a convoy. You know, <laughs> man, my watts really got me a lot today. <laughs> um, the other thing, when we think about 2016, it really, um, Mike, this summer and how quickly this died. But Pokemon Go, right? Oh I mean, yeah. Do you remember uh, everybody walking around? Some unintended, uh, unintended consequences. It got people out of the house. Yeah. Like, People who never had gotten off the couch in years were out walking around outside. I remember driving home from work, and we have a big park that I drive through to get home. It's always empty. I mean, it every once in a while there's a there's a um, um, a workout group that works out in this park. You know, they do this outdoor kind of kind of workout thing, and I see them, but it's almost always empty during the Pokemon Go phase. 50 people out there all all with their heads in their phones yeah the gazebo at my old apartment complex was like one of the spots and i met some of those interesting characters down there uh when pokemon go was a was a big thing but yeah it came out and then went out as fast as it came in it was in and out i feel at least at least in my group and at least what i saw around the city seems like no one else is playing it anymore According to some of the stats, the game was reported to have caused 110,000 traffic accidents in 10 days. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's great. So, you know, well, yeah. Lots on of Dodge, they had a big sign that says, uh, go catch them all, just not while you're driving. You know, it was kind of like a play because it was that big of an issue. It was on all the public signs here. Yeah, like don't don't text. It's like don't 
don't play Pokemon. Super yeah. Mario Run, I guess, is a new one. Uh, that's yep. that's coming. That's that's just been released. The game is currently on the top of the iTunes Store uh, app chart. 2017 may bring this popular app to the Android operating system. So, um, the 2016 from uh, from that, I mean, we saw. I I don't think any game, even Angry Birds, had the impact that Pokemon Go did. I mean, I don't think there will ever yeah. be a game that has that same impact on the entire world. Just insane. Yeah, we we talked about when we talked about Facebook Live, we talked about uh, video streaming and downloading. But Mike, game streaming now is big business, right? I mean, twenty sixteen it just exploded, and I, I think I heard a stat. It may not be true, but watching is now surpassed actually the playing. So more people are watching gaming streams today than are actually playing them. And that makes a little sense to me. And, you know, this might show my true inner nerd or just weirdness. But, you know, the other morning I find myself in 2016 getting a lot more into watching Twitch, you know, all those streamers and especially with the games I like to play. Well, the other morning I was sitting with Emmett and I'm holding him and giving him a bottle. I can't be playing a video game, but like, man, I really wish I could be playing Battlefield right now. I turned on Twitch and I watched someone else play Battlefield while I was feeding him. It's it was interesting to me that I chose that over YouTube videos or regular TV or anything on Netflix. Like that was kind of what my mind kind of went to. But it makes sense. It's an entertainment factor that you don't have to be engaged with if you can't be. And I think that's why it grew. I think the quality got high enough. The the personalities behind the people streaming is actually the biggest thing you'll find that you are attracted to. It adds a whole nother element. It's like, oh, I get to see this game and it's almost like having an entertainer that I like. It's like having a podcaster. You know, if I really like Jim and then Jim starts playing video games, I might watch him because he's funny and, and I like the stories he tells. And it's it was, the dialogue that matters, right? I mean, it's, it's not completely just playing the game. It's the funny dialogue, right? Well, it's the, it's a dialogue and the biggest streamers you don't get stream you don't get big streaming if your face because they have their face in the corner you know they do the green screen with themselves in the bottom corner they have donations i mean these guys make pretty good money the, the bigger ones because uh, people donate to them while they're playing they have their own overlays it's a very complicated endeavor for some of these streamers and they're almost like i would equate them to stand-up comedians that are playing video games because they have to keep you entertained and keep your eyes there for a while you can only watch a video game for so long if you stay for entertainment. And then not just thinking about Twitch or some of the streaming or some of those things, but this year Netflix and Amazon Prime both extended their services outside of the United States. Netflix says it provides its programming to more than 190 countries now, while Amazon Prime Video is available in 200 countries worldwide. I mean, think about how big that is. And, and I think... Um, I may go out on a limb here, but I think 2016 is was the year we first really started the average guy embracing the the series. You know the the um, you know a unique. That's not what I'm looking for. Exclusive series, right? I watched. I just got done watching Man in the High Tower or Man in the High Castle, and uh, and that's a that's a Prime only series that you can only watch there. And very well produced, very well done. I'm super addicted to season two, Mike. I literally binged it. It's 10 hours, 10, you know, 10 episodes, one hour each, five hours Friday night, five hours Saturday. That was like, I couldn't produce Home Gadget Geeks until I was done watching the whole thing, right? I binged it. So do you think, is 2016, I mean, I, mean, I know we've been doing this for a while, but do you feel like 2016 is a year where the average guy kind of caught on to these 
exclusives and networks and Hulu and Netflix binging? Com completely. Because um, before that happened, there was no need. Netflix was a it was a nice thing to have for us who didn't want to go out and rent movies or download them, download them off iTunes or for some reason just wanted a more convenient way to watch a lot of random movies. But once they started getting into and getting good at, I think the thing was in 2016, they got really good at exclusive content for their platforms. And if, if we wanted one thing that would really make the cable companies kind of shake in their boots, it was something like this, where these are no longer platforms to show other content. There's content I can only get on Netflix. And by the time I start adding up my bill, I'm like, man, I'm only really watching Netflix and maybe some Hulu and some Prime. I really don't watch the other ones anymore. It's it's a big deal. And I look at people like my parents who are, you know, it's like, oh, hey, I heard about that show. I'm like, yeah, you'll need Netflix to get that. They're like, oh, well, maybe I should grab Netflix, you know, or Prime for that same reason. And it's getting a lot more people into it. And I think it's doing exactly what Netflix wanted and Prime and all those. It's getting people to say, Oh, yeah, I might add that in. I, well, I wasn't going to before. It was just going to be another video streaming service, but now it's not. It's the HBO now. Now we have 10 HBOs who are making content that you're going to pay extra for per month. I still think HBO is the king. They are, they are the best. All their content. I mean, I just I can't get enough of some of their shows, whether it's Game of Thrones or Westworld or any of those. They're all amazing. But yeah, you're starting to see a lot more competition in that space. Well, and for me, I am not typically a binge watcher. And I, 2016, I binged a bunch of things that um, I even went back and rewatched all season one of Man in the High Castle. So I'd be ready because it came out December 16th. And I wanted to be ready. And I wanted to, um, I really wanted to know and remember everything. And, and I was, as I was watching that program, everything is important. Like it's so well produced. They don't waste any dialogue. This isn't your network show where there's a bunch of wasted dialogue in it and stuff doesn't matter and whatever. Uh, in, in this program that I'm watching, everything's important. And I go, you know, go back and watch it. I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to, I'm going to go back when I've got a weekend and I'll probably binge the whole thing again. I got done with it and I was like, Oh, that's so good. And I'm like, I really need to get home gadget geeks out. Oh, that was so yeah. good. I'm going to watch another <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> yeah. That's what Hannah and I do with Westworld. Westworld, I think, was one of the first, and HBO critics can correct me if I'm wrong, Westworld was HBO's first show that they decided to just release them all at once. They didn't stream them on the air at different times. It was just, it's all there. Now, I might be wrong. Maybe I just got to the game late. But it's been awesome having a show. There are shows that Hannah and I will purposely not watch as they're airing so that we can go back and just binge them. Yeah. Just a lot easier that yeah. way. It's a lot better. I think, especially if you're into it, you can remember more. You get more of the nuances that you might not have caught a, caught on with if it was watching it week after week after week. Yeah, if it's well-produced, every single frame matters in a show. Like a, a good and I editor think that's and new, a good director. Yeah. Right? Because they didn't have the, the flexibility to do that in the past because people did have to wait a whole week. And they'd forget that. And they wouldn't pick up. They, no one would appreciate, I don't think, those fine little details. So maybe... Now that they know people are binging, they're adding more of those in. And I think keeping so. them more engaged. I think so. I, th you need, I think binging you need now a deeper storyline. You can't have yeah. just the the you know surface level stuff anymore. It needs to be a little bit deeper for today's consumer. Yeah, it's a it's. I think it's an effect of the binge. So it's like, it ooh, is, you know what? If we're gonna have people watching these all in a row, and it may be the way they make them too. It, it used to be, you know, and week with, with the weeklies, they would literally make them. We're going to, you know, they would get mm, six to eight weeks ahead. They would make one a week. They would, they would concentrate on a weekly release. 
And I think that is different than when they produce them in 10 episodes, but they were probably made all at the same time. So think about a 10 hour video that you're making. Then you're just splitting that up into hour increments. Uh, yep. So to speak. Much I mean, easier, I think, and much cheaper for, for their production and everything well, like that. Yeah. And maybe better for us binge watchers to be able right. to, to do it that way. So for 2016, definitely the first time I've really binged on a series. And now I'm kind of like, oh, okay, I get that. Westworld is the next one. I need to, I haven't, that's that's on my list. Of, oh, man. It is a, it's a very deep, dark, definitely not appropriate for yeah. children. Sometimes yeah. I feel like it's not appropriate for me. Uh, <laughs> some of the stuff I'm watching, but the storyline and the idea around it, Jim, for tech people and people who like thinking about that future stuff and where tech's leading to, it is insane, the storyline. Oh, it is just, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, it's next. That's what's, uh, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm loading You're ready to up. binge that. You won't, yeah, you won't turn to... it off all night. You'll get through all of them in probably one night. That's the, that's the danger, right? Yeah, it that's is. the danger. Once My I only one thing that's, is Hannah, you know, has to go to bed with the baby because she's going to be up in three hours. So that's our hard cutoff because we watched it together. I can't just watch it by myself. So luckily we have a hard cutoff at like 930 when the baby goes to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm at that point where I don't have any restrictions. Like I can do it. Like there is <laughs> it's work. I just got to be at work the next morning. There you go. And I don't sleep much. So I can, you know, I, I'm definitely in the perfect position to binge. Um, you know, Mike, with all the traveling that you've done, how many times have you heard this statement? And if you have a Galaxy Note 7, we, you know, I mean, every time I think who's going to raise their hand and say me, I do <laughs> like, yeah. take my well, phone because I know it's not allowed on the plane. I not hope allowed. Do, turn it off. Time. Can't charge it. Can't even be turned on. You can't even um, bring it on now. And and I heard there was not a plane even allowed to bring it around because it, someone saw it on the plane's network. Really? And, and they turned the plane around. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, because there was the know, one case on the Southwest flight where it got dropped because it was super hot, ended up burning a hole through the whole entire floor of the plane. Oh, yikes. Like it went down and ended up being like probably six to, I think they said six to eight inches. It burned through, like it was, it was on fire. It'd start completely on fire. Luckily they were still at the gate when it happened. So when was the last time have you heard of a tech product recall or any kind of recall that literally is banned when we think of like, you know, by a, by an industry, you know, the airlines well, is and got recalled, did their recall and replaced things. And then that didn't even fix it. Yeah. They had they had two shots here and they and they messed up both of them. But yeah, you're right. Something that gets banned that bad. Oh, man. Yeah. You you'd have better luck smoking a cigarette on a plane than you would bring in a Galaxy Note Seven. <laughs> bring in a knife on board. You yeah, yeah, be... you're right. You'd have a better look with that. Um, so definitely, when we think of 2016 and chat room, while you're out there, if there's any other things you want us to highlight as we kind of get towards the end here, maybe there's some things you think were special in 2016. Throw those in the chat room and we'll mention them. But um, I think if there was one ultimate tech disaster, right? I mean, Samsung's going to be paying for this. I don't think, by the way, I think most companies, this would have broke them. But Samsung has so diversified and has so, their hands in so many different things. Yeah, they'll have a bad year. Like, they're they're not going to make, they're going to make a gajillion dollars instead of a million gajillion dollars, right? right. From that standpoint. Right. But I do, I, do, I do not think this is going to break samsung at all right yeah. i think they just keep rolling <laughs> um it's so funny mark so i was in the chat room mark robson just said i uh, asked if anybody anything to, to cover and of course he said unraid those guys howard and mark like to see how many oftentimes i can say unraid. um 
we've kind of forgotten about this, that this even happened in 2016. But remember the Apple versus FBI, right? Remember when they wanted to get that information off the terrorist's phone? We had we had some conversations, I think, on Cyber Frontiers about it. Maybe, maybe not. It was definitely here on Home Gadget Geeks. And then one day, uh, the FBI says, eh, don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> it literally went away in a day. Like, I really wish they did that with some of the people. Like, you're being charged with it, you know, or we need this from you. It's like, oh, wait, never mind. People yeah. be a lot happier. Eh, don't worry about it. We're, we're, Cop pulls um, over for speeding, starts writing the ticket, and just goes, eh, forget about it. Walks don't worry back. about it. It's, this never even happened. We <laughs> no, got this. We, we got it taken it. care of. Yeah. And man, the FBI was making a big stink. And it, it was just weird because they were pulling out all the stops and all the social media channels and on CNN and really trying to put a lot of pressure on Apple and yeah. you need to do this and we're going to do legislation. Now, you know, you know, that's a big deal when they start talking about legislation and literally overnight. Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Which, you know, they totally got a backdoor, right? You know that, right? It's done. It's a done deal. If right. they don't, if they shut it down that fast, you know, guess what? Not secure anymore. So for anybody who thinks their iPhone is as secure from the FBI or from any U.S. government agency, nope, not anymore. They have found a way in. So a pretty big, I think that's probably, I mean, we made, as podcasters, we made a tremendous amount of noise about that early. And then I think we dropped it as fast as the, as the, the, the you know, the, the FBI did. And yeah, there wasn't hear, much conversation after the fact. Yeah, I don't hear many people saying, hey, do you, you know the FBI can crack your phone now, right? I mean, they never said it. Well, they're just like, okay, well, we didn't need it anyways. So yeah. I think that's alarming, right? I mean, we should be alarmed. But not surprising to me. With my generation and how lax we are with privacy, and in my generation is usually the first one to get on every form of social media and raise a stink about anything they think is important. You really saw with our generation, this is not, this was not a big issue to us, right? Like privacy, the fact that they get into our phone, we're like, okay, you know, it's kind of like, uh, we kind of figured they did. This kind of just proved it. It's just interesting. Yeah, for sure. I just, it was amazing to me how quickly uh, it was a drop. Brian mentions drones out in the chat room. And I think, uh, you know, uh, Amazon has done several deliveries now via the drone and uh, Amazon Go uh, de debuted, so to speak as in a test market as a way to purchase. So now not only do you not have to really go check out, but now it'll be delivered. They're, they're talking about delivering things via drone, which, you know what, now that I say that, it doesn't sound that exciting anymore. Don't, don't you kind of think like, duh, you know? Yeah. Well, why when, would you deliver it via drone? Right. When, when I think of drones, well, I think of drones on the consumer side and how awesome they got in 2016. And you have GoPro that has a drone. DJI makes some fantastic drones. Everyone wanted to be in the drone market. And it really took hold with cinematographers and people who do a lot of video work with these drones. And man, did they find a market with us consumers on those products. And they came down in price in 2016. You can get a really amazing looking image from like the GoPro drone for about $600, I think. Uh, I think that's the Mavic. Or the Mavic might be the new DJI when I always mix them up. But I mean, I just think of drones on the consumer side now. Cool they got. But yeah, you're right. On the Amazon side of things, I don't think we're too far off. But on the consumer side, that's what I get excited about. Because I can't wait to go buy my first drone and get some really cool footage in Omaha. Yeah, Tim, Tim Foster says drones were something that needed. 
instant legislation, you know, yeah. uh, when we think about what you can and can't do. Mike, you and I are part of this group. You turned me on to it called Forgotten Omaha. Yeah. And it's this uh, this Facebook group that is really almost what 40,000, I think we just went over. A lot. 40,000 yeah. people in the Facebook group. Incredible. Um, there's been a guy who's taken drones up in the city of Omaha and has shot high definition video from his drone of these landmarks here in the city of Omaha. Beautiful. I mean, they're incredible. And so I think if there's any been any really big benefits of drones, uh, with the exception of being spied on or delivering products, some of those kinds of things, some of the cinematography and some of the access or getting access to something, a view to something that used to be hard to do. Like if you were going to get a cityscape picture, you'd have to rent a helicopter, right? Fly up right. there, take pictures. Today, you know, a uh, $1,000 drone, boom. Right. You're yeah. in, right? I mean, you can get really good. So I've enjoyed seeing some of that awesome work done with drones. Um, you know, we, uh, I heard a story in NPR of, a, of uh, some, uh, when we think of drones today, we think of the, you know, the little helicopter ones, but the plane flying ones, which have been really in active use in the consumer market for the last five years, military has been using them for about 15 they fly around the city and they take pictures all day. What's going on, right? A picture, they take a picture every couple seconds. And uh, and then they put all those pictures together. And when there's a crime in the city, they can pinpoint the crime, go back to the pictures, watch the crime happen, and then either work its way back to see where those people came from or work its way forward to see where they went. And yeah, and there's a lot of privacy concerns about that, right? They, Huge. you know, they said, they, they mentioned unintended consequences is, spying on people from who's having affairs, you know, what's like, who's going where during their lunch hour, some of those kinds of things, like who shows up in these certain locations. So it's got, speaking of legislation, it's got a lot, we have a lot to do with drones. Like I, I think this, we're just scratching the surface on what we need to do from a legal standpoint. Don't you think we've got more things to Completely. cover? Completely. Yeah. And those drones already have in other countries, um, they actually, the drone knows where it's at from its location and it will pick up the legislation in that country. So there have been a lot of really big guys who travel with their drones and they've gone to take off and it says, you can't fly in this airspace. So kind of interesting that your drones are aware of that. Hasn't really taken off yet, but in other countries they figured it out and it's actually worked pretty well. Yeah. Well, it's, it was a year, I think, like you mentioned, the, the drone for the consumer came online. And so it, I think we began the year with these cheap $40 drones that you could buy to practice with. I think we ended the year with some top dollar, really nice drones. And they were out there. But I think for the average consumer, they've gotten in a price range that are very, very affordable and very, very nice. So if you're thinking about doing drones, my recommendation is buy a cheap one first. <laughs> Because you're going to crash it a couple times. Yes. And, uh, you don't want to crash or it's going to fly away. Didn't you have one fly away on you? Drone? Is that you? Yeah. No, wasn't me. Who was that? Somebody somebody I knew had a drone and it got too far away and it took off. <laughs> really? <laughs> Casey Neistat on YouTube always had his land on like the top of the buildings in New York. Like he'd lose it and he'd have to go climb on the top of some roof or get access to the roof to get his drone back. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, in the... um. In the so I used a website called um, what did I use here as a new site for uh, the news we got tonight. At the end of the story, it says words in the story, and so they have some words, some definition of some words. And they said digital assistant. We talked about that earlier. Those subscribe. You know, it's just funny. A gift, which I thought was funny, but they had a deposit, right? So 
this is how far we've gotten away from when I think like when I think about my kids making a deposit at the bank, like they don't go to the bank anymore to make a deposit. It's like, right. I mean, think about that word deposit. They it mentioned here money that you give someone, it, uh, you agree to, um, to buy something, right? You're, that's not even really a word we're using anymore. And, and kids or the, the younger generation. I mean, when's the last time you walked in a bank, Mike? Oh, for man. a transaction. It was when we did our home mortgage stuff, yeah, but that so was probably the first and one of the last. That's like a once, you know, once every 20 years kind of thing. No, because even all the checks now you deposit on your phone. Um, yeah. No, I haven't it, been to the bank. Isn't that interesting? Me. I mean, it's just the kids don't even, it's not even like, but I don't even think about, I don't think we're even using that word deposit very much anymore. It's more, what'd you do? I'm putting my check in the bank. You know, yeah. I'm yeah. taking a picture of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Taking a bit. That's yeah. <laughs> and I have to use this word deposit because that's what it says in the app. But you know, it's just, we, we, well, I find it funny whenever someone like a personally, like a friend of mine or someone I'm, I know really well. And they're like, Oh, you can just write me a check like, for splitting a gift. I'm like, don't you Venmo or like, don't you PayPal? Like, like there's two apps, either Venmo or PayPal. All of you know, my friends use Venmo, but I'm like, oh, I check. I don't even, I don't even know where my checkbooks are. They're probably in some safe in the basement somewhere that I haven't looked at in forever. I, I couldn't you find know? a check if you, if no. you, I got, I, I do some podcast consulting. I got paid the other day. I was sitting at the table. I stood up, got my phone, went yeah. to the bank, took a picture of it, folded the check up, set it aside. I'll leave it there for a week just to make sure everything's it clears. good yeah. with it. Yep. And then boom, it'll go in the shredder and I'm done. Right. And uh, it's just not even now it took me a while. I would say 2016 is the year I switched over to that methodology permanently. Um, I was still tempted from time to time. Now I bank at the credit union. That's at where I work. So it's super convenient. It is not convenient for me. Bank of the West is where our primary account is. There is no bank that nothing close to my in or out of work. So right. I'm rarely at the bank. So I've really tried to do everything electronically with them. But the deposit was the last bastion of actually having to deposit, having to visit a bank, right? You had to take the check to the bank, deposit it, done. That's completely removed out of the system now. There is no right. reason to go to a bank. So true. Really, yeah. So I think that for, I think for a lot of people, I think, Electronic depositing came to the average guy 2016. I think this is a year very, very a lot of so. people cut over. And I was um, I was on the phone with Bank of America this week. Uh, they have my credit cards accounts. And at the end of the call, the gal said, hey, we're emphasizing our mobile app this week. Have you tried it? <laughs> and you know, I was like, wow. Like, yeah. I mean, hasn't everybody? Right. But, exactly. But, yeah. but I get the feeling, Mike, no. Everybody hasn't. It's still, I think we're still, I think the average guy is still figuring that out. Right. And many have, but, but again, I, I think this audience is different. Like we're, we're, we're early adopters of those things. But I think the, for the most part, this was the year a lot of people caught on that. Hey, I literally can do everything I want on, on the banking app. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And I don't even need to go. This is the shift. I don't even know to go, need to go to my computer anymore. Like, yeah, right. It's almost you know? more inconvenient to do it on the computer. The phone sometimes is easier to run. You can't do a mobile deposit on your computer. No. At least I can't. Mm. You have to do it on the phone. How would you? How would you? How would you take a no. picture of it? You have to use the webcam, and I don't even know if that would yeah. work. And yeah, it's weird. Yeah. 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 Well, 
2016, uh, interesting, as we wrap this up, Mike, uh, as we think about 2017, you mentioned something a little bit earlier, but as you look ahead uh, to 2017 from a technology standpoint, anything out there that you're keeping an eye on that you think will blow out or blow up in, 20, in, in uh, 2017 that is not necessarily there already yet or that you're keeping your eye on? No, uh, nothing that we haven't already discussed at length, right? The home automation is just an area that I'm super excited about. Uh, we actually just ordered our, our Ecobee. So we're going to get that installed and get that working with Alexa. And now it's HomeKit enabled. Um, but so, so home automation, definitely. Car tech. Uh, there's been a lot of tech, I think, that in the past few years is going down in price. And I hope it keeps going down. As far as the tech side, paying extra for the techie extras in the car. I think those will go down a little bit. Um, but shifts in like what I mentioned earlier, 2015, the biggest one I'm excited for is news outlets. We kind of talked about that shifting, taking a little bit lesser, you know, a little bit more real view at news, getting really cool footage from out in the field, utilizing things like Facebook Live and all that. Uh, I think those will just be nice changes to see, but I don't know if they will happen in 2017. Yeah, I think we get more crowdsourced at news. I mean, we kind of already were there right. with Twitter in a lot of ways. I mean, I was thinking the other day, when's the last time I really went to a news site? Like, but I don't... I, I like the journalistic sometimes... Well, <laughs> journalistic integrity with some of the big sites can be questioned. But still, it's much more the deep stories, the real stuff comes from those news outlets that invest money. No, no, you can get biased stuff to whatever, whatever side you want if you're talking politically, but I'm talking about like the real news, you still need to go to a big source. That's what scares me. I think it scares everyone. Uh, you know, there was that big study, maybe this is one thing we forgot to talk about at the end of 2016. There was that big study on fake news on social media. They did a lot of fake news stories, put them out there and saw how often they were shared just by the tagline alone of whatever the tagline was, how often it got shared on Facebook. And the amount of fake news that was shared was astonishing. So you really worry about that as you start to get into crowdsourced news. Um, not to say that the small guys can't win. The small guys don't keep the big guys in check. They definitely do. Uh, but hopefully we can iron out some of those fake news issues that they have had before yeah brian says brian agrees with you in chat he says thinks more ban on fake news and uh, will be big in 2017 right. i agree it's big in the news it'll be interesting to see how that happens how that corresponds with a new presidential administration here in the united states that has lived on fake news and often yeah. creates its own fake news exactly um and so i mean if if trump doesn't like the way things are going he just creates his own story yeah. So, in real time, I, it's going to be 2017 is going to be an interesting year with that guy. I mean, I think he's going to keep reporters well employed in what right. we're doing. Uh, Mark Robson says, as we think about 2017 things, used Android Auto uh, the other day for the first time, and it worked pretty well. I think, I think uh, when we think about digital or yeah, digital assistance, and when we think about really helpful assistants that are looking forward for you you know siri is still pretty reactionary the echo is and, and alexa are still very reactionary google now is very proactive in a lot of ways and so i think we'll see a lot more proactive hey like it should like uh, you know i want it when i'm getting in my car to give me some alerts some traffic updates and alerts type deals that that are more proactive it happens today it's still not super convenient i mean there's ways to make it happen but I'd love to see more of that in 2017 um, come along. 
Here's an here's a thing we saw the other day through the Facebook group. So if you haven't joined us yet, facebook.com slash group slash um, the average guy, I think it is. TV maybe on the end of that. I should know that, but I don't. <laughs> um, uh, automated, not just lawnmowers, Mike, but I saw a snowblower that converts to a lawnmower for the summer. So you know how we had Aaron on here and we talked about yeah. lawnmowers, right? Well, 3000 bucks for a lawnmower, little pricey. 3000 bucks for a snowblower that is also a lawnmower. All of a sudden, you start thinking, hey, wait a minute. Like, if I could get this thing, if I could set this thing up that it's detecting as soon as it starts snowing, it starts just running my driveway. Yeah. And it keeps the snow off of it. Wow. And then it doesn't need to be that big if it starts right when it snows. You know, if it's just constantly keeping up with it, it doesn't need to be a big, huge snowblower. Yeah. But okay, so super interesting though. We just recapped 2016. We just kind of talked about what we're looking forward to 2017. We never once, except for the mention of Samsung and their catastrophe, mentioned smartphones. I mean, this was like a year, year and a half ago. It was the smartphone battle and the phones and specs and who had the best phone. And no one's been talking about it anymore. It's very much whatever you like, you go get. But everything else is pretty standard across the board. And I just find that interesting that it dropped off so quick and that, yeah, they're all still innovating, but they're all kind of doing it at the same pace. And you're going to get some features here, some features there, but it's not worth talking about anymore. Yeah. It's like we don't talk about computers either. Right. Right. It's, yeah. You got one. I, I was going to give smartphones maybe one more year, though, to kind of keep being something that was interesting to talk about, but it really hasn't been over the nah, last year. No. Nah. Um, you know, what is interesting, Motorola has a whole bunch of new phones coming out for 2017, and they're trying all the same angles that Microsoft tried two years ago, which is they came out with a phone with a big camera on it. <laughs> They've come out with a phone. I mean, all these weird iterations for Android that I think Microsoft proved nobody really wants. For the most part, I think people really just want a phone for the most part and a decent camera. If they're going to take pictures, they're going to buy a really good camera. Right? Photographers right. are going to buy a good camera. So it's interesting. I just saw this in passing and I'm like, serious? Are, Motorola, are you serious? Did you just really come out with a bunch of phones that nobody's going to buy? Yeah. Um, but, but you're right. I think phones are at the commodity level now. They We're are. talking about more... Um, you know, more interesting thing. Uh, back to the robot lawnmowers, I saw uh, on our Facebook page, um, I think Mike Michael um, had, had put out there that um, he saw really hefty. So sometimes those mowers are not good at long grass and some of those other things. And there was a remote controlled one that was big and industrial and beefy and would take down long grass. And it even had a thing on the side you could for hills where you could snap it down and it would it would hold itself up on a, on, a, on the side. So how long is it until the medians on the interstate are mowed by those machines instead of a big tractor manned yeah. by someone? Robots. Yeah. Robots, right? And and they'll they'll drive themselves too and mow and then when it gets dark or maybe not, maybe they'll mow all night when they need to recharge, they'll they'll know their distance to the charger and they'll make a decision to turn around and go back to their charger and plug back in or whatever and yep. all that maintenance will be done automatically. I think I think the day is coming. Like that's a robot. I think it is too. Yeah, that's, totally a, is. that's a full blown robot. Uh, Emily had mentioned they've moved to Hue Lights and I think this is another average guy thing. Like I think more people this year in 2016 picked up Hue or whatever, right? Fill in the blank totally. from 
right? And are using them now. It's one of those kinds of things. You've got a bridge, you figured it out, smart things, one of that. Well, number one, the price came down a ton, right? You see the price drop on those things almost in half, I think, in 2016. So yeah. I think that helped. And then it's it's the effect of the nerds that we all are talking to our family and them coming over and seeing how cool they are and how easy it is and really finding out literally how easy it is. It's a light bulb. You don't need to rewire anything, nothing complicated. And I think it just took a while for that. And then the price drop helped too. Yeah. I think I paid 15 full price and I probably could have gotten cheaper on sale somewhere for one for a Philips Hue light. The white the white ones. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, have been that's how, that's all we use. Yep. Yeah. Been which have been 30. And uh, you know, I bought some outlets. Um, you know, I bought a few outlets for the Christmas tree this year. I wanted to mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, hey, hey, Amazon device, turn on the Christmas tree. Boom, it's on, right? We, yep. God, I could not tell you how many times we've used that this Christmas season. It is so awesome to have that. You know, you can, it's starting to pass through the scenes. I mean, and Mike, that is the average guy thing. Like, so, you know, I picked up an, uh, on a Black Friday deal. I, I'm, I'm hypothetically being the average guy for a second. So at Home Depot or Lowe's, I picked up a, Amazon device for 129, right? It's my first one. It was affordable and cheap and I got it. I'm ready to try it now. I bought a light bulb that because I saw somebody do this. I set it up and it's not hard. I connected to it and it was easy. And now I am talking to my light. Right. I think a lot of people are doing that. It's and I it's think definitely. that only encourages them to try that in all the other areas of home automation and little things like that. You start to pick up these things that become easier and easier. And they just, it, it almost grows. It's like an exponential growth. It's like a snowball. So now next year it's going to be everyone and they're going to be hungry for more home automation. Yeah. Yeah. Quasi says the evolution of 3D printing, man, that is a technology that just cannot seem to get out of its own way. Like, I know we've been talking about this for four or five years of 3D printers. Now we're seeing a lot of cool things being printed, especially when it comes to prosthetics, like printing hands or right. you know, those kinds of things, man, some amazing stuff. But I still don't see 3D printing being mainstream. It's definitely not mainstream last year. And I don't see it being You mean on the consumer side of things? Yeah, on the consumer side. Yeah, yeah no, I'd agree with you. Yeah. It really hasn't just caught on yet on the consumer side. Definitely the, the enthusiasts who like it. But as far as anyone beyond them, hasn't caught on. Yeah, and well, and I think it needs to take the next step. Like it needs to be able to print more materials than just what it's printing today. Right. And so I think there's some interesting, I did see someone take the 3D printing concept to concrete work. And so it would lay these concrete layers uh, for like foundations and some of those kinds of things where you get the mix right, you get those things right. And by the time you come back around, it's ready for its second layer and it can lay these layers of concrete printed, so to speak. Now, is that the right way to build a building? (laughs) I don't know, but it was interesting that they took the 3D print concept to printing out concrete and then circuits, of course, are very, it's a very, very useful when you're thinking about printing and you need to print. God, it's still a miracle to me. You know, I've got this HP printer behind me, this inkjet printer. It's still a miracle to me that that little cartridge can whip through the piece of paper and get it right. I mean, that, yeah, <laughs> I'm the same way. <laughs> Someone needs to explain to me the inkjet printer before we start getting a 3D printer, you know? I, You know, there's this, right now today, there's this <clears throat> uh, emphasis on do we live in a simulated environment? Like, 
are we actually just a computer simulation? Are all our lives the sum of a computer simulation? In other words, do we live in the matrix, right? And right. there's been a lot of talk about that. And I've heard some really important scientists talking about that recently and contemplating it, even to the point where they someone put out a mathematical probability of whether we are or whether we're not. And I think it was 50-50. I think they, hey, we may be in a mathematical, you know, simulation of sort. But I think when I look at the inkjet printer and just the miracle of it, I think if we were in a simulation, that doesn't actually work the way I think it works. It's just, it's that's why it's hidden. Because it goes in white, but it comes out printed. <laughs> it didn't really there do you go. There you go. It didn't do any of it. No, because it's just a paying $100 printing cartridge for nothing. Yeah, it's it's uh right. It's just a it's a miracle that it even happens. So, um, it's yeah. yeah. Emily says we'll end on this. She says, as advanced as we are, I wish it wasn't um, just the average guy who latches on to technology. Whereas at work, we're so far behind in technology because you know, no one in the upper or middle management wants to learn it. I mean, we still use DOS. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. You know what? There's some pockets of that. There are certainly pockets in our workplace where for cost reasons, for whatever training, hey, this works. Why why break it type deal? I mean, right. hey, listen, I've worked in businesses where we constantly are upgrading. And sometimes that's a real drain on productivity when you're always on the edge of fixing things because they don't work. I mean, today, Windows XP works pretty damn well because all the, you know, it worked. Yeah, it's very true. Windows 7 freaking works. Like Windows 10 has issues. And right. so, you know, be careful what Emily, I know you know this, but be careful what you wish for. <laughs> right? Because exactly. you're like, oh, it'd be great to use Windows 10, except it's, you know, it doesn't work with this or whatever. It's gotten better. Trust me, it's gotten better. But yeah, there are pockets out there for sure. Well, Mike, I think uh, we've blown our way through um, those. Good catching up with you, and I appreciate you making the effort to come out tonight. Uh, schedule for 2017 for you look pretty similar to the end of 2016. What, uh, what, what do things look like for you going forward? Yeah, pretty similar. A lot of travel and, uh, yeah, some fun trips planned, though. I think I'm going to get out skiing at least twice this year which will be nice looking at Utah and Colorado. So some fun times ahead, but until then just a lot of work, which is actually a lot of fun. I, I enjoy my job, which is good. If I was traveling and not enjoying my job, that wouldn't be fun, but I, I absolutely love it. So yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun work. Good. Well, good to have you. Schoonover is joining us next week. So uh, I, cause you're, are you out next week? You start no, I'll be here next week. Oh, okay, good. Uh, because since we, I fly out Tuesday instead of Monday, I'm staying till Friday. So okay. I'm, it'll be hotel Wi-Fi. It'll be spotty, but we'll see if we can get it done. Yeah. Ah, we'll get it there. We'll get it there. Kevin Scootover is joining us uh, next week. I have an opening on the 12th that I'll need to fill. And then on the 19th, Loria Petrucci is going to join us. So you know her as you might know her as Callie Lewis. She is uh, she's going to join us on the podcast. And and I met her a couple times and I can't wait to get her on. And and uh, it'll just be her and I. I think you'll be out and busy on the 19th. But uh, we will get her on here and have some great gadgets. She's she, of course, is the gadget queen. And she might be the nicest person I've ever met. I am not going to lie. She she is super, Loria is super nice. And so we've got her coming on. And then Dwayne is back. Uh, Microsoft Dwayne is back. He actually was part of the team. So today they made an announcement, today or yesterday, that Skype for Business is now available in the mobile apps for Volvo. 
So if you're a Skype for Business user, you can uh, you can assign that to it and have conference calls through your Skype for Business account in Volvos, and it works. So there you go. Skype is, and I think this will be one of a few, right? Skype's real popular. So I think it's going to be Microsoft is combining Skype and Skype for Business. So both will work together. And uh, and so I think this is, I think we're going to start seeing Skype show up on cars from a, from a communication standpoint. So very nice. Dwayne worked on that project and, and was a part of it. And uh, we'll hear his story. So he's going to come back on. Of course, Dwayne's always a good gadget geek. So Dwayne's uh, coming back on to do it. Well, Mike, thanks again. Hang around for a few minutes. We'll do a little bit of post show on the back yep. side. Don't, don't forget to remind everyone we have a Patreon link available for it. If you want to financially support the show, totally on you. If you want to do that, we have one in $5 plans. And like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, if you want to, if you've got an idea of something I could do where we could charge a couple bucks for it through Patreon and I could get it to everybody, at least here in the United States. So, or if it's electronic, maybe we can do it overseas. Head out to the average guy slash TV, or I'm sorry, the average guy dot TV slash support for that. Contact me if you got these ideas, Jim at the average guy dot TV. You can find me on Twitter at Jay Collison, gets me there as well. Don't forget that the average guy dot TV's platform, both web and media hosting, and actually massive upgrade right now. If you haven't noticed, take a look at the average guy TV. It is ripping fast at this point. Christian, I think we're on solid state everything, and it's incredible. Christian just did some upgrades to the network, did an incredible job. We talk a little bit about it on the newest Cyber Frontiers, so you, I haven't produced it yet if you're listening live, but that'll be out as well. 34, I think, is the number you want to hear. Talk a little bit about some of the improvements right up front. So if you're interested in doing that, if you need a website and it's particularly optimized for podcasting, you can get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from him at Maple Grove Partners. Head out to maplegrovepartners.com. Thank Roger out there at WLMN Radio for him broadcasting us live in Grafton, West Virginia. So, so Roger, thanks for doing that as well. Don't forget you can get the app available, Android or iPhone, uh, either one, available at homegadgetgeeks.com. We'll thank LastPass for their sponsorship. Very good podcast, Mike, if you didn't listen to that one. Dan got a chance to get an update from Amber. We had her a couple weeks ago too, so pop back and uh, have a listen. And all. With all your travel, you should be keeping Got plenty up. of time for those podcasts. You should be keeping up with Home Gadget Geeks. And just a reminder, I'll get a I'll get a newsletter out. I didn't get one out last weekend because of Christmas, but I'll get one out this week. Head out to the averageguy.tv slash newsletter. Get signed up if you haven't done that. And oh, a hundred or so of you have done that. So appreciate you doing that as well. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern now at theaverageguy.tv live. And we'd love to have you come out and join us live sometime. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year, Mike. Happy New Year to you. Yes, same to you. And uh, we'll wish the community a happy new year as well. If you're in China and you're listening, we'll wish you a happy new year in a month. It's uh, the Chinese New Year as that comes up. And we change over to that. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody. <laughs>